Hi, Anna. Hi, Sarah. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I know you're extremely tired. You've had a super busy week. We're extremely tired tonight because we've had a super busy day shopping. <laughs> that sounds like a hard life. <laughs> oh, man. It's been, tra it's been tragical, as Anne of Green Gables would say. <laughs> super taxing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so where all did you guys go shopping today well um marcia went probably more than i did because i didn't get there till noon but we ate at longhorn steakhouse first with mom that was delicious and then after that we went to shoe carnival and we took mom in and we shopped her till she dropped and then we put her back in the car and we went into Bath and Body Works and we shopped till we dropped. And then we went to Kirkland's and we were done. <laughs> but I think Marsha went a couple places before that. So that sounds fun. I'll tell you yeah. what, I love Kirkland's. I can't go in there. I just want to redo my whole entire house every time I do. That's so, true. <laughs> so true. Well, I can I, drop a whole paycheck in there. That's the truth for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight, everyone, we're excited to introduce to you our oldest sister, Marcia Charles. She is the mother to the younger elder girls, the <laughs> second mother. <laughs> and um, tonight, she, we are going to give you an opportunity to hear from her and learn about her. And we're all going to share some stories, maybe about growing up all things elder girls. So, Marcia. <laughs> welcome thank you thank you very much <laughs> we're glad to have you join us tonight so this marcia completes the trio of the sisters of our family i think in our first episode we shared with our listeners that we there are four children that are living and we have a brother who's gone on to be with the lord there was a total of five elder children and uh, three girls and two boys. And so Marcia is the oldest. Paul is after Marcia. If Jeffrey were living, he would be the oldest child. And then nice. it would be Marcia. And then it would be Paul right in the middle, then Sarah, and then myself. So Marcia is the one who taught us all the crazy things we know, but then she kept us alive. <laughs> She's the one that we always said, I want to be like Marcia when I grow up. <laughs> Yep, and I still tell everybody from coast to coast, literally, <laughs> that Marcia is the party animal of the family. That's <laughs> so, Marcia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, like, where you live, what your family looks like, and I know you have some grandbabies that you have to tell us about tonight. So, <laughs> my name is Marcia Charles. I'm 59 years old, and I've been whiteheaded since I was 31. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, but it's a beautiful white. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I always attribute that to the fact that um, I came to Hutchison at seven years old with my father and mother and my two, my older brother, and then my baby brother, Paul. And um, dad started a home missions work here. And then uh, years later, I married uh, my husband, Greg Charles, which was from Calvary Apostolic in Wichita, Kansas. And um, he came to the church 
as a center young man uh, from the streets of Wichita, uh, attended the Methodist church on Sunday mornings and got marvelously saved when he was 19, working in a fitness center. And a man from the church came and shared the gospel with him and he did not believe him. <laughs> and uh, he, my husband was a trainer and actually trained um, Mike Milan, who took Mr. Ohio and at one time, Mrs. Kansas. And he also rehabilitated a chiropractor and um, several other very affluent people um, in his uh, in his time of living for the world. Before <laughs> <laughs> yes. he came into the church, so during this time where he was working at this fitness center, when he was introduced to the Apostolic Way, uh, he did not believe it. But the two young men that he were he was training at that time came into the truth and got filled with the Holy Ghost there at Calvary. And uh, they came back to the fitness center, started uh, <laughs> dressing right, got rid of their TVs. And my husband said he knew the life that they lived. And he said, there must be something to that. So he came to church and came into the truth. <laughs> Beautiful. <Wow. thing>. That's <laughs> awesome. And um, at that time, when I, I met him a year later after he came into the truth, and uh, at a youth rally. And um, I remember that night. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he wearing overalls? Yes. And, and a t-shirt. And hiking boots. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> With red curly hair. Yes. Yeah, I remember the overalls. <laughs> yes. yes. And his hair was kind of long. Uh -huh. It's a new convert. And uh he actually was sitting on the back pew, and uh, as as some of us people do, we were praying before church. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on my knees praying, and I got off of my knees and was getting ready to sit down in the pew. And when I got up kind of off of my knees and looked to the back, he was sitting back there against the wall. And literally, people can laugh, but literally, the still small voice said, that's who you're going to marry. And I said, oh, God, he's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. literally looked down the pew and asked the girls, who is that guy? Uh -huh. <laughs> and they said, oh, that's Greg Charles, but he's dating a young lady from Arkansas. And I said, well... I don't know if that was God or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's but funny. we had our date that night. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, about seven months, eight months later, we were married. So <laughs> that began the journey of Greg and Marcia Charles. But uh, back to my childhood a little bit. Um, Dad and mom came to Garden City, Kansas, Hutchison, Kansas. I'm sorry. When I was six, um, I, as being the older child, can remember a lot of things. I actually remember when my mom, my dad was in the army um, and he had just came out of the army and him and mom were living in a small home in Salina, Kansas, and they were not saved. Now, I know people can't believe that when they know the elders. <laughs> 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 Um, 
actually what had happened is uh, President Kennedy had been shot. Yes. And uh, this is the only memory that I can remember of my father and mother not being saved, but they were, my father was sitting in front of a black and white television, smoking a cigarette, believe it or not. Wow. That's the only memory I have in my head of ever seeing my father in the world. Yes. <laughs> wow. Because not long after that, God brought him into the truth there in Salina, Kansas. Amen. Um, so that started my journey into the truth um, there in Salina, Kansas. Uh, the pastor of that church at that time was Roy Lee Jones. And uh, he had many sons and um <laughs> sounds um, like father abraham <laughs> <laughs> it was like father abraham <laughs> i rode on the shoulders of his son <laughs> his wife longed for a little girl so i was um, all rotten <laughs> oh i can imagine um, my brother was born uh before i was jeffrey and he was very ill and so um and in Salina, Kansas. Uh, he was a very ill young man and uh, he had kidney failure and actually they removed one of his kidneys. So um, he was very sick. And during that time, um, my mother and father would travel many times to Kansas City. Uh, they didn't have uh, dialysis at that time, but they would they would do a lot of, he had, before he passed, he had 25 major operations. Yes. So my, I have lived uh, those years with my mother and father. And of course, Paul was born um, there. When my father came back to the truth, I like to talk about this a little bit because it's my heritage. Um, he said under brother Jones, and then we had, they were from Indiana. My parents were. So we, this was our great introduction to the West. <laughs> it was to the West. Wow. Yeah. And um, we went to church there at uh, the church on 9th and Crawford Street, I believe it was. Um, I, I think it was close to Crawford Street. But as a small child, I seen many, many powerful things happen after I got saved, after my parents got saved in that church. In that church, as a small child, um, my mother and father, when they prayed through, my mother played the uh, bass fiddle. My father played the bass fiddle. I remember them being on the platform playing the bass fiddle. Wow. <laughs> and then That's I even played an accordion. Yes. <laughs> and, um, so I remember them being on the platform and playing musical instruments and sister Jones would hold me on her lap and I would be there. And then after the service, many times brother Jones would put a tie around my older brother's neck and um, have him come to the platform and we would all sit around and they would tell him to preach <laughs> and he oh, would preach. I remember daddy. <laughs> he, would that's awesome. <laughs> he would, he would preach. And so, um, about uh, there in Salina, my younger brother was born Paul Elder. And uh, there was just a lot of memories, believe it or not, that I can remember from that time. We went to a, uh, an old stone church that sat real high up. Um, these are just a few little humorous things that happened or some crazy things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you call them humorous or what, but um, the boy, the, the sons there, 
uh, dad came out of the army. So they had him start a boy scout troop. Mm -hmm. And as a young girl, I can remember many nights, uh, like I said, I was the only little girl. There wasn't a little girl there. So I would ride on their shoulders and I would remember going down there and they'd be boxing. (laughs) 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 And uh, we lived close to Abilene. And so many times uh, we would go to old Abilene and they would have a shootout and somebody would always die. And of course the pretty girls would come and cry all over them. And then (laughs) (laughs) we would all go and have a sassafras. Sarsaparilla, Sarsaparilla, you know, and uh, that's funny. That was the the West, the old West. Back <laughs> right. That was. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember another family that was in the church there. They had a large farm, and um, these are just some childhood memories. Of yeah, I love it. Go out to their farm, and we would kill chickens. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> And all of us kids would chase the chickens down for oh, the boy. adults and we would have to catch them. And then they would wring their necks and, <laughs> and uh, we got to be in on the plucking. <laughs> and, Which I hear is a really stinky, gross it is job. A stinky job. But uh, most of us just did most of the chasing of the chickens and <laughs> catching them and we'd hand them over to the adults. Thank God <laughs> for the rest of that. But I do remember that. I remember at that time too. Um, I drank some cow's milk and I got staph infection. Oh boy. Oh, wow. Young lady, I believe I was three or four at that time in the hospital for quite a while. Wow. I was put in for a month. I wound up in the hospital, Asbury Hospital there in Salina as a child and um, was in isolation. Oh my word. (laughs) Wow. Let my mom and dad in unless they were gowned up and that was for probably two two and a half weeks until they finally felt like I could be moved to another room and um, I can remember this is this these are just some memories that stay in my head crazily I don't know why but they do can remember at night I'd be afraid and I would cry (laughs) of course I was yeah and one little nurse she was mean to me in my my head because she would never come in and comfort me she'd just come over to the door and lift the blind and she would bang on the glass and tell me you quit crying oh man (laughs) 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 so so anyway I had to grow up real fast (laughs) oh my word (laughs) yeah survived it (laughs) and um, actually some cute memories come from that I met two other little girls and my pastor came to see me and gave me a big penny jar. I mean, there's just some cute things that happened there. But one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in that church is my grandmother and then moved from Indiana. And they, uh, I had an uncle and aunt that moved from Indiana too. And they started a children's church there in that church at that time. And during um, a children's church on a, I believe it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. I think it was a Tuesday night. Um, they were teaching and uh, teaching us kids. And I can remember one Tuesday night in children's church, um, the power of the Holy ghost moved in very, very strong. And the pastor's middle son gave tongues 
and his older son gave interpretation and a bunch of us young kids got the Holy Ghost that night. That's awesome. And I that's incredible that night. I was four years old. That's awesome. <laughs> that's incredible. That's awesome. I love that. Yes. <laughs> so I received the Holy Ghost then and my father felt like I was too young to be baptized. So he asked pastor if, uh, if he could wait. And so Pastor and I finally talked him into allowing me to be baptized when I turned five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they, um, he got to baptize me on my fifth birthday. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so Pastor Jones uh, baptized me that night. Two other things, and then I'll move on from here. That I remember about that church that stick um, in my mind so much is. We used to leave church on a Sunday morning and there was a little lady that lived straight across the street. <laughs> I don't know if my mom will remember this or not, but she's listening. But um, I, she was where we lived in Salina was predominantly uh, Catholic. It was Catholicism. Very, there's huge monasteries there to this day. Um, uh, none. What are they called? convents there very predominantly beautiful catholic mm -hmm. buildings and facilities but it was just very very predominantly uh, catholic and so this little lady that lived across the street from the church she was very very catholic and she was just a little short dark-haired lady and we'd come out of the church after Sunday school. We'd all be laughing and happy and full of the Holy Ghost and start down the stairs. And she'd run out of her house and she'd have a long black dress on and oh, she'd no. have a little black cap on and she'd have a broom. Oh, and she word. would start yelling and screaming at us and waving that broom. And so all of us kids said, Run, run for your life. The witch is out. She's coming in. That's hysterical. That is hilarious. <laughs> she would come out quite often, and sometimes we would just, with if the adults were out there, we'd all watch her. <laughs> that is so hilarious. If they were, we'd run for our lives because we were convinced she was a witch. <laughs> that is so <laughs> funny. Her hat, her black dress. That was too many Cinderella stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then another thing that I remember, which actually is the first miracle that happened in my life beside the Holy Ghost, <laughs> is my mother had my little brother, Paul, and daddy had taken me and Jeffrey to Sunday school. And um, we were all dressed up. Mom had us all dressed just like little princes and prince. And um, I felt so big because I was going to get to ride in the front seat because mama wasn't there. <laughs> it was Jeffrey and me that went to church, but mom was home with the baby because Paul was just born. Right. And so we come down the stairs and dad had pulled the car up and he was escorting me to the front seat. Aww. So I was like the prince is there, you know. <laughs> And uh, anyway, I'm waving at all my fans. <laughs> but daddy didn't see my little hand and he shut the door and oh. it chopped my thumb off. Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> and my pastor at that time ran over and scooped up my thumb and put it in his nap 
in his um, handkerchief, handkerchief and had daddy jump in the car and hold me and uh, put his hand around my thumb. So to stop the bleeding and, and rushed us straight over to the hospital, but they saved my thumb. They sewed it back on me and I have it today. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which is amazing because not long after that, my other little friend got her thumb chopped off a certain way. And they could not save her thumb. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> so that was a miracle. <laughs> that was a miracle. So I remember those are some of my memories of Salina, Kansas. Wow. And then God wow. called my daddy, who was working in beach aircraft and was working on the big birds, the 747s. He loved the planes. And he was enrolled to go to pilot school in North Carolina. Yes. And uh, the pastor. Then was Brother Gene Searles. He had taken over the church. Brother Jones had moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico. And um, anyway, that's another story. But they asked Dad to please go to Hutchison because there was uh, a Sister Beatrice Dean there and several, uh, I think there was three families there, two or three, just Peter. It was two ladies there and, Sister and asked if we would come and take that church. And Dad was pretty sure he was going to still go to Carolinas and be a pilot. In fact, we were headed there. He had the mm -hmm. U-Haul. We were all ready to go. And he had, I remember him filling out his paperwork and all of that, but uh, drove through Hutchison. I remember driving down the main street and the big tall buildings. And all of a sudden daddy began to cry. And the next thing I knew we were moving to Hutchison, Kansas to start the church there to take over the church there wow. major <laughs> adjustment for you I'm sure it was it was a big it was a big adjustment but many many beautiful memories there um that was my training ground yes, <laughs> yes. that was my training ground for where I am today <laughs> uh, yeah. beautiful memories there um when, if I'm going too long or saying too much, just oh no, that's not good. I'm listening. <laughs> yep, it's fun reminiscing. Yes, moved to a two-story parsonage um, there, and uh, the church was right next door, and uh, it was it was actually a very beautiful older church, and uh, the parsonage needed a lot of work. Uh, it had some heathens that had lived in it. <laughs> <laughs> So we had to do some major work on it, but we survived. Welcome to Home Missions. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. True. Part of the territory. <laughs> and anyway, that's where um, a lot of things started happening in my life. Um, in that time of the church there, um, my grandmother uh, actually... Uh, that's another story, but she would come and stay with us and God had done some things in her life. And I remember that um, she began to travel and she traveled with sister, um, believe it or not, Eastridge. And she would go to New Mexico and preach to she evangelized the, um, the Native the Americans, Native Americans over there in Tucumcari, I believe it was. And, mm -hmm. And some of that area, I actually have been there. I just, right now, the names are kind of vague. But um, 
she would come and she would go preach. Uh, but I can remember uh, as a young girl, some of the first memories I had is she felt a call to go to missions. And at that time, she was going to Japan. Mm-hmm. She was learning Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was her, I was yes. her card holder. She would say Marsha. <laughs> Her flash card holder. I was her flash card holder. (laughs) I'm going to say this word and then you're going to tell me the meaning and then I'm going to say it in Japanese. And I would say, okay, grandma. So we would do that many, many nights. Wow. Wow. Why I don't speak Japanese today, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But I do remember doing that. Um, Another thing, too, is in that church, there was some uh, many great things that happened. Believe it or not, my dad actually had a uh, fall prophecy conference in that church. And it would be usually, I believe, in the month of October or I can't remember, but I know it was in the fall. Um, and he, we would have a lot of people come into the conference. Um, I remember that we had uh, Brother Barry King from St. Louis would come and preach it. Wow. Brother um, uh, Becton, Cleveland Becton, wow. came and played the piano and Beautiful. the accordion. Um, unreal. These are some of the people that were in my life at that time. Um, Brother Romine who was our, my dad's pastor from Terre Haute, Indiana, and had traveled extensively to Israel, would come and stay in our home. And we absolutely loved it. He would bring the oracles that he would, and his prophecy charts, but the oracles that he had gotten, the ram's horn, he would let us blow it, (laughs) you know. Oh, that's incredible. And just some of the amazing things that he would find over there or by when he would go over there he loved end time prophecy and yes. so he went to Israel a lot and did a lot of study and in-depth study on the word of God and on end time prophecy so he spent many hours in our home there and absolutely we loved when brother Romine and sister Romine would come there and teach us and just he was great with us kids and those are wonderful memories that I have never forgotten that's awesome. <laughs> wow that's incredible yeah changing memories. <laughs> yes and in that time too uh some of the other preachers that came by and preached for us uh at that time were um brother and sister uh, Maroney uh, brother Charles Stovall uh, brother Rodney Driver from wow. some of those believe it or not I can even believe remember some of the sermons I remember as a young girl and God was forming my life and shaping my life and preparing me for my future I still remember one night he was preaching on uh going to hell wow. <laughs> yeah and he preached on being lost and going to hell <laughs> and he was carrying a flag around begging people not to be lost oh my <laughs> and wow. to wow. And have the cross on it that God mm. died on the cross we didn't have to choose to go to hell Believe it or not, as a young lady uh, in that time, um, I remember after he preached that, actually going to sleep and having a dream about hell. It never got away from me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I remember Wheat State Augustus camp started in Wichita, Kansas. It was an Assembly of God camp. Absolutely one of the most marvelous campground facilities I've ever been to. It was many 
awesome, horrible, fun. <laughs> that was also a gross experience. <laughs> yeah. I think they're better than conferences. I'm I sorry. Do. I, I do too. I love camp. It's a place where you can really be around other people, yes. really, really be around them. Yeah. And during the day, you're not dressed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree. And then, yeah. of course, we would dress up for church, but all the times for the first time ever experience and being drunk in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that this summer because we had tent services outside. Yes. And it just reminded me of, it was so awesome. It just reminded me of camp, you know, on that old campground with the flaps raised on that yes. building in, in Milton Vale or whatever. Yes. And I got to thinking, I was like, why did I like, this is a little rabbit show, but I was like, why did I like camps on that campground so much because it just wasn't the same when we moved camp to where it was like on a college campus yeah. and you stayed in a hotel and right. you ate in restaurants and I think it was because when it was on the campground you were together with everybody every. all day every day all week all night and it was almost like you just became family and friends over the course of that five days you know because you weren't separating after every service and going back to your hotel or going out with your little group to the restaurant yeah, and I think too, as I look back now, it almost felt like it was heaven on earth. That's what I was yeah, really did. Like it was like, yeah, you're with <laughs> yeah. God's people and you're <laughs> feeling the presence of God and you're you're gleaning and learning and growing in his presence. And even mm -hmm. we were having fun, yes. we were still doing God things. And yes. it was just a place where we bonded together spiritually and in physical things, you know, yes. it was it yeah. was an awesome, awesome thing. And you're so disconnected from the trappings of the yeah, world. That's like, exactly right. It was phones and jobs and everything yeah. else. I think that's why I likened it. Sometimes it almost feels like heaven because mm -hmm. you yeah. went there, you were around God's people all the time, mm -hmm. even though we were still human and you've seen a lot of humanity because we're kids, right. we we're teenagers, you know, right. So, right. You know, right. carnal moments as well as yes. <laughs> spiritual. Like yeah. we really closed off from the world we were. as we a were, whole. We were. The yes. world was like an outside area now. Now yes. we were just in this place where it was just God's God people. things. It yeah. was God things it a lot was. of times and, and good, it was. clean, fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of just crazy things that happened there. A lot of laughter and a lot of tears, mm -hmm. a lot of just wonderful things that wonderful happened there. Friendships. It, yeah. And where else in the world other than like Jerusalem do you wake up at five o'clock in the morning to the wells <laughs> and the travails right. and the prayers of the saints coming from the tabernacle? Yes. Like, I remember like waking up and I'd be shivering because it was burning hot during the day, but in the morning you're freezing cold. And then <laughs> I'd be like, what? Woke me up and you hear somebody from the tabernacle. Woo! Oh, I was like, oh, somebody's praying in the tabernacle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Precious and dear. The truth, I am serious. You know, it, it was nothing like it. if you had a life impacting service that night, mm -hmm. you know, and you'd all be talking about it in the dorm. And pretty soon, the next thing you know, you'd yes. be carrying your blanket yes. over to the sanctuary and you would pray till you yes. passed out of sleep. Yes. Yes. Back to the room the next morning, you know, to get that shower look right. good because you might need some of them guys. Right. 
You can tell we were campground kids. We spent three weeks of our summer every summer at the campground. It's the truth. Yeah, I love it. It was awesome. <laughs> so, so uh, many, many awesome things happened. Uh, there at the church there in Hutchison. And then dad was, of course, involved in being the youth president, youth secretary, and, and going to camps. But it was at a camp, actually, when I was uh, about 12 years old. Um, I'll never forget when Brother Phillips came and preached. <laughs> wow. And he came and preached on hell. And, and that's the reason I'm talking about this is because at that time, about 12, 13, um, I was going to a public school and I was starting to get more introduced to the world than I mm -hmm. ever had been. So yeah. believe it or not, I was already starting to have to make some life choices. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, in that time, some, you know, being raised even in the church, even church kids have to start making yes. some choices and some, yes. some convictions and, Absolutely. and realizing just because we're raising the church, there are still temptations that come mm -hmm. and, and we have to meet those head on and decide what we're going to do with our lives. And, and I mean, not everybody coming to our church was saved, right. even amongst right. the youth group, you know, right. and so you're in this tug of war already mm -hmm. by that time, you know, so <laughs> Um, I remember at, um, the camps there, some of the preachers that preached that camp was brother Phillips, brother, um, Von Morton was mm -hmm. the first time we ever met brother Von Morton. Um, oh my goodness. A lot of Texas mm -hmm. Bible college preachers mm -hmm. <laughs> that came mm -hmm. and, uh, taught there at the campground, um, and just, um, I'm, and Brother Becton there again came, Brother yeah. uh, Cleveland Becton preached uh, camp there. Oh my goodness, I can't even. Brother Curtis Spears, Brother, Curtis Spears, Brother A.D. Spears, yes. <laughs> Brother Donald Beck. <laughs> There's lots of, lots of preachers, you know. But those are things, those are some of those names that I remember at camp. At the home church, a lot of preachers that came by were uh, Brother. Bishop Tom Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, when he uh, first started evangelizing with Sister Sherry Johnson, had some of the greatest revivals with them. Um, brother, um, uh, there was a uh, Eddie Hart from California. Yeah. Anna, that's the one that we, you, you and I were talking about last week, that we would sneak to the top of the stairs, brother and sister Hart. Oh person yeah and okay. dad and them would play games till like two and three in the morning and we'd be sneaking out of our bedroom trying to get downstairs and mom would say you girls up there get back to bed <laughs> yes did we visit them one time like in Visalia or something like yeah. that no that, that was, was brother, brother uh hell no well brother, no this was somebody that was in Hutchison years ago yeah it, it was brother no it was brother oh give me a minute I can see his face in my mind. I feel like it was the first, the pastor that was there before mom and dad. No, no. brother and sister Bodie. No, no. They, Wasn't it the Bodies that lived here, mom? Yeah. Yes. But they didn't, no, we didn't visit them. It was, oh my brother. Arthur, brothers, brothers. No. 
so we preached for Brother Winslow. Okay? Right, right. We preached for Brother Winslow, but while we were preaching for Brother Winslow, which I, he, it was like, he was like Visalia, but there was another little town next to there. I'd have to look at the map. I think and it might we have been the Barkers. Or the Barkers. I bet it was the Barkers because we went with mom and dad and it was an older couple and they used to be in Hutchinson years ago or had some kind of connection to Hutchinson. Paul, what was her name? From California too. Lee Wilson. Oh, Ruby and Lee Wilson. But these people were not evangelists. I know all them, but this couple was somebody that was there when you were little, Marcia. So mom and dad had called them and we went and visited them at their house. So they were around like the Eddie Hart period of time. That was that was Mom Hale. No. No, the Hales were later mom when we lived on George Street. It would have been the Barkers. I'm pretty sure. It was I'm pretty the sure it was the Barkers. When I say that, I think that's who it was. Yeah. I don't even know who they are, but I think I remember yeah. that name. It was the Barkers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I don't even know where Dad. I'm not going to say his name, but I'll never forget. We went to California. We're sitting in the church. And <laughs> Craig and I are married, and we all went there, and they're having church, and I hear this crazy yell. It's just like this. <laughs> <laughs> Is going to, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> we it was the pastor. We couldn't see him, but he was like, oh, yes. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I really, I may remember that. Yes. I know <laughs> you sure do, girl. <laughs> things I remember about um, the fall prophecy conference that was so uh, amazing to me is we had some of the most powerful services there. I'll never forget one night we were having church and the glory of God came down so strong in that conference, in that service. Um, I can remember one of the brother Joneses there again, it was his second son, which I always felt like had a call on his life. Um, but I mean, people were just getting socked in the Holy Ghost. Wow. And I remember he was so drunk. He kept trying to stand up against the pole. Wow. We had these uh, like <clears throat> these poles because that had opened up this one side of the church to make more room because mm -hmm. the church was growing. And, and, and so he kept trying to stand up and he was holding on to this pole and he would just slide back down <laughs> yeah. to the floor. But I mean, li literally the Holy Ghost was in there so strong. Actually, we, the church was by a pickwick. And mm -hmm. I remember that night, a young man came from that pickwick to the church. And he said, when he came and took a hold of the door, he said, I'm telling you, the building was shaking. It was wow. rocking. That's incredible. <laughs> That's that incredible. <laughs> and actually, years later, he got the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Actually, he got the Holy Ghost then, but his mother was predominantly Catholic and she immediately sent him to relatives way out in California. My goodness. <laughs> so he got the wow. Holy Ghost. And um, years later, he came back to the church. But um, I also remember that time, too, Brother Gene Searles was introduced. Of course, he was our pastor there in Salina. And then he would come and preach for us a lot there in the church, too. And um, he, um, I remember when they, at that conference, they brought Brother, uh, the church there in Tulsa, brought their big oh, charter bus wow. and their choir sang. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. That's cool. (laughs) And yes, and that's where it was our introduction to Sister Sarles now. (laughs) And so, um, but those are, whether people think or not, those are things that I can remember my life that really um, impacted impacted my life. uh, Yeah. How. Uh, God did some great things. I will say this uh, during one of Brother Gene Sarles's revival. I'll never forget this. Um, I was just a young uh, girl, um, and he preached so dynamically on uh, God wanting to use you and direct your life, and 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 how it was so important to be uh, a willing vessel and be submitted to God and and tell him, God, whatever you want to do with my life, let me be moldable, moldable. Let me be the, the, uh, the clay that you can work and that you will bring what your plans are in my life. I can remember I was a very young girl and dad had at that time built the platform and he had these dividers. Uh, you could go up and pray against him on each side, on the right side and the left side. And it was kind of like a half wall. And um, I'll never, for, the reason I'm saying this is because it has a lot to do with where I am today, but I can remember after he got done, actually it was a Sunday morning and um, makes me cry. It's all right. Oh, it's okay, sissy. But afterwards, that's when God really got a hold of my heart. <laughs> and I remember going and laying against that wall. It was like this. Yes. <laughs> and um literally kind of curling up in a ball and saying god i do want to be used yes. by you i'm just a young girl i have no clue what you want to do with my life <laughs> but right. i want to be that submitted person i want to be that moldable person that yes. he's preaching about right now and literally um during while i was praying that he came over and laid hands on me and prophesied over me that's all <laughs> But literally, it took years. People <laughs> think that the hand of God, when somebody prophesies over you, some people think, oh, that should happen right now. But yeah. it took years, but it came to pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So since you said that, you have to tell us what happened when Greg came to you and told you he felt the call to preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's immediately where my mind went too. It's really spicy. this is where you were having second thoughts <laughs> one thing i loved about when i seen my husband he was rough but yes. i thought my god i thank you this man is so far from the ministry i have no fears right <laughs> no fears my dreams are coming true i'm going to get to marry a regular guy that works a regular job yes. <laughs> yep and actually i will tell you something he had rehabilitated a chiropractor this is a marvelous testimony my husband just told the church just not no go and i i, I don't want to run out of time so i want to tell you real fast because this is amazing when he rehabilitated this chiropractor he told greg i give i will i'm sending you to the college i'm paying your whole way and i will give you my practice when you graduate you will come in and i will he, he was older and I will sign my practice over to you. My husband was a brand new man in the church. And he, so he started to, 
he started to accept it, mm -hmm. but he had just gotten the Holy Ghost. He was brand new. And he said, and my husband did when I, <laughs> when I started dating him and I'll go back to what you guys are saying. <laughs> when I started dating him, one thing, when I would go over there, he would lay under the piano for hours Yes, because he had, and I would ask him, why do you lay under there so long? He said, you don't know where I came from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said, I know what it takes for yes. me not to ever go back. Amen. Also, he was in the decision-making process. He had had several opportunities, like what I'm talking about, offered to him because yes. he was just a marvelous person on rehabilitating and things like that. Um, he was in the process of accepting this. And he said one day, one day laying under that piano, the Holy Ghost told him, if you go there, I will not be able to fulfill what I have called you to. Wow. <laughs> so he said, if he would have been older in the Lord, he said, maybe I could have handled it, went away, went to college, mm -hmm. came back and done it. He said, but I was so new mm -hmm. that yeah. I think if I would have went to that major university, mm -hmm. I probably would have been lost because I was so new. Yes. And the right. percentage him, I know right now doesn't yes. really have a, yes. a very good church there right now. Mm -hmm. So right. I did at that time or not, I don't know. Right. But the, the reason I'm saying that is my husband just flew there just a couple of months ago. And he said, when he was there, God told him, all the things that you gave up, I have given to you now. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's incredible. To share that with the church. That's so powerful. <laughs> yes. And that's uh, incredible. It is. That's another time place. But you're right. I'll never forget <laughs> when I married him. I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. My husband is just, um, he's a regular worker and everything. And so I was very happy. And he was a soul winning machine. Yes. And he was, my husband's very disciplined. He's a prayer warrior and he's very disciplined. He is very a soul winning machine. And um, imagine him marrying me who loves cookies. I had a fight <laughs> for cookies. When we got married, our pastor had to tell us, son, go buy this woman some cookies. <laughs> cookies in the house. Oh my Lord. I said, I should have listened to you. I probably would be model figure today. But, <laughs> but anyway, mm -hmm. when we lived in, uh, when, then the God, a lot of things happened. And I don't have time for all that, but we wound up in Hedgeson. And um, anyway, I'll never forget, uh, God began to call him to be in the ministry. And he had already started Mm -hmm. talking to my dad and my dad and him were starting to work on that level and my dad was preparing him for the for becoming a, a minister uh what are all the stuff that they do there i'll never forget when he came home and he told me <laughs> i'm ash i'm ashamed to say this but i'm going to say because it it's the truth he came home and he said i'm going to preach the gospel i said you're crazy <laughs> that I am called to preach I said your name you don't have the name and you don't have the father you'll never make it I've been in this UPC a long time you gotta have the name you gotta have the father wow I was mean yeah yeah <laughs> I was <laughs> but you know what when God calls someone to preach, he equips the calling. That's exactly <laughs> he funny. sure does. No matter if you have the name or the father or not. <laughs> exactly right. Lee got called to Garden City. Oh, yes. Kansas. That, yes, we did. We worked under my father for eight years. Many miracles happened. Yes. God went under my husband's. Uh, he was the outreach director and became yes. the youth leader. And um, 
we uh, Bible, studies. Bible studies had 12 couples come in under yes. that in that time of teaching Bible studies and many, many great things over that course of time. But, and then when, uh, when at 30 years of age, I'm, I know I'm out of town, but at, we were, my no, husband you're fine. finally had, uh, I finally accepted his calling through through some God yes. having to work me over. Put you on the potter's <laughs> He did. He had to put me on the potter's wheel. Yes. He really did. <laughs> and finally accepted uh, his calling. And um, the day came, he came to me one day and told me about three years, about actually it was about a year before it happened. Maybe, maybe two years. And he came to me and he said, God told me I'm going to start pastoring a church at 30. <laughs> like, this is really great. Because <laughs> everything was great in Hutchison. Right. We had youth group, yeah. winning souls, outreach, uh, even was starting the elderly teenagers. Mm -hmm. The yeah. church was growing and going and just yeah. awesome. I mean, we were in the music, all kinds of stuff. It was just fantastic mm -hmm. time. Not a time that you want to hear. I'm going to go somewhere else and become a pastor. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, because I'd already been through this whole missions. I told you yes. that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, sometime I'll have to talk about how we wound up in Garden City because that's a beautiful story too. But uh, we started trying. People started calling us to try out for churches, and it was amazing how God ordered our steps. I'm yes. thankful for that. But I do remember this um, when He told me that He was going to go at thirty every place we were trying out for it just wasn't clicking mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't happening. And I finally remember looking at him and I said, well, baby, we just have to wait. Mm -hmm. But God said, this is the craziest thing, but God sent a, a beautiful lady. Her husband would preach for my dad a lot. And then they'd go squirrel hunting and it was brother John Burgess. Mm -hmm. And so on a youth service night, um, we had been trying out for churches. Uh, my husband and I were kind of in this quandary. Oh God, we're in this, this process. Did we, did he was, my husband even said, I know I heard what God told me to do. He said, I don't understand why none of these are opening. I'm not feeling like this is a, it's a mm -hmm. connecting thing. So while we were sitting there in the youth service, sister Burgess got up and she began to teach on, um, waiting. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> waiting but working while you're waiting yes <laughs> and it was a sure word from god and me and my husband looked at each other after service and we said that was to us mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no <don't you? laughs> i do and october in october the year that my husband turned 30 we we came to garden city kansas yes <laughs> and started it's been 30 we're we're in our 30th year and uh, we wanted to have a 30-year celebration this year, and COVID has kind of messed that up. But we're still going to party with the church. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. They have. God has given us a beautiful, beautiful church, church. But there's miracles in even in, uh, in, in Hutchison. I can yes. remember when a Spanish man came to my dad and said, he was from Guthrie, Oklahoma, and said, 
I need to start working with someone here. You have Spanish people moving to Hutchison and I would like to help you start a Spanish ministry. And my dad said, sure. My dad was evangelism minded to the bone from head to toe. It was, it was evangelism. So my husband started working with this Spanish man and started uh, reaching into the Spanish community in garden in Hutchison, Kansas, Mm -hmm. never realizing that when we moved to garden city, Kansas, there's over 52 nationalities there. And the predominant nationality there is uh, the Hispanic people. And I am a minority there, (laughs) believe that or not. So beautiful, uh, precious people. A beautiful, it's been a work in process. But when we moved there, I literally looked at my husband after the second week and said, I feel like I live in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. I honestly did. Yes, because it was a mission field. You have to understand Hutchison was very yeah. much predominantly almost one type of culture. Mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Right. This right. Rep. So when I move out there and all of a sudden you have all these multicultural things, it was a real, sh- mm-hmm. you know, it was a real eye opener, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a great place for evangelism. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. A great field for evangelism. Yes. So after 30 years, God has all the time, he's been doing great and marvelous things. And yes. so that's a little bit of my history. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love hearing it just for everybody on here. Um, Marsha is Marsha. Are you about 10 years older than Sarah? Yes. I'm 11 years older. 10. 10. I'm, I'm 59. And I'll be 49 next month. Next month. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Marsha's 10 years older than Sarah, which makes her about 12 and a half years older than me. Yes. And um, growing up, she was our Darsha. We called yes. her Darsha. <laughs> <laughs> and she was legitimately like our second mom. Literally. And um, I remember literally the night that Marsha and Greg got married. Yes. That yes. Marsha moved to Wichita. She left Hutchinson. Yes. And she moved to Wichita, which was an hour away. And you would have thought she moved to Africa. That's the <laughs> truth. Because for one, that that night they just went on their honeymoon. And I remember we had church that night. I think yes. cousin Tommy preached that night. Yes. yes. Brother Tom Johnson. And I remember I was seven years old and I was just slap worn out from the wedding. I mean, like I was like, why do people have church after a wedding? But <laughs> back in those days we had church. Dad <laughs> thought it was revival seven seven. <laughs> he was like, Well, I have a special speaker here. I'm gonna make that's sure right. That's <laughs> and i remember tommy was just the preaching away i'm pretty sure it was tommy if i remember yes, right was. he was preaching away and i'd fallen asleep on the front row and i don't know what happened but right in the middle of the sermon i woke up i want to mom called her and we mom had to come get me off the front row and uh, sarah and i's world were traumatized so much yeah. red would come to wichita in their blue jeep that was yeah. a um, soft top that mm-hmm. sometimes the top was on and sometimes the top was off <laughs> and um, they put a cooler in between the front seats so marcia could sit by greg while he drove yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we loved riding in that thing with the top on we loved it and they would come and steal us he'd get off of work in the middle of the night yeah come to hutchison and wrap us up in blankets that's we right <laughs> and they would kidnap us on friday night and we would stay till after church on Sunday afternoon and go yeah. to church with them in Wichita. 
Yes. And those were a lot of fun memories. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I remember a lot about. I mean, there's a bunch more. I'm sure, Sarah, you could share some, too. But, um, well, I was just going to say that Marsha now has, she had a son, Kyle, yes. and a daughter, Victoria. And they're both married. And Tori has a little boy named Nathaniel and a little girl named Aubriella. We call her Aubrey. <laughs> and she's a mess. She's going to be in kindergarten this year and she's letting everybody know about it. <laughs> and she just had a grandbaby a week ago on Monday, correct? Yes. Yes. That's Kyle's and her name is Gianna. Gianna and she's a precious dolly. <laughs> And she has two grand dogs. We can't forget the dogs. Grand oh my dogs. word! My goodness, I will we'll be, be in trouble. I will be. I will be in the dog house. <laughs> and they live in the house, so I'll be outside in the dog house. <laughs> right, right. Olivia and Olivia Penelope. And Penelope. <laughs> yep. And they are spoiled as much as the grandkids. And those are really the only two dogs I let in my house because they're it. good girls. They don't. They don't mess up Mimi's house. <laughs> <laughs> if they did, they'd be banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you, Marcy. Marcy and uh, Marcia and her husband, Greg, as she said, I think they passed her in Garden City, Kansas. Yeah. And they have a beautiful, beautiful multicultural church, multi-ethnic, yeah. I like to say even more than yeah. multicultural. Yeah. They have a beautiful multi-ethnic church in Garden City. Marcia, you can correct me, but I mean, you have people that are... I believe, if I remember right, you've had people that are Honduran, Colombian, um, El Salvadorian, El Salvadorian Latino, Haitian, Filipino, yeah. Guatemalan. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, they have a pen. <laughs> say that again and cut out. Even has some Americans. <laughs> yes, they even have some Americans. Yes, you got um, it. Uganda, yeah, they Garden City has a meat packing plants, so it it's titled by many as Little LA. Yes, and so there are many many cultures and ethnicities there, and so they literally did move to a to a mission field. Yes, and I just I always love visiting the church um, in Garden City. Um, it just taste i just feel like it feels like what heaven's gonna feel like yes yes yes. every nation every color every tribe every tongue (laughs) and so um it's i just truly enjoy it they have a beautiful church they built in garden city and they are in rock and revival so if you are on social media you should follow them i think it's a AFT Garden GC or something like that, Marcia. What do you? The Apostolic Church of Garden City. Yeah, the Apostolic Church of Garden City. The Apostolic Church of Garden City on Instagram, and I'll tell you what, they are baptizing people every week in Jesus' name. This is. I tell people in you know California is a whole different world from the Midwest, and um, so to people when we came out here was major culture shock for us even Mm -hmm. even growing up and visiting out here every year was not the same as living out here and and so i understand what it means to say it's a foreign country but to people from out here the midwest is culture shock to them too you know they they to them just living in that kind of world is so um that they can't wrap their minds around it sometimes because it's so it's a slow populated 
is so yeah. isolated yes. and yes. desolate. Yes. And out here, there's people everywhere. You yes. <laughs> but I tell people from here, the, I call Garden City the jewel on the prairie because yes. if you know where Garden City is, it's almost to the Colorado border, yes. uh, about two hours away. And it's out on the plains of Western Kansas. Yes. And there's not a whole lot around it except fields and, and cows and cows <laughs> and little towns. Cows yes. and cows and cows. <laughs> yeah, and little towns and feedlots, like yes. literally, because like I said, they have the meatpacking plants there. Mm-hmm. But um Garden City is one of the most progressive cities in western Kansas, in my opinion. Yes. And um, they're blessed with city leaders that that are progressive thinking. When I say progressive thinking, I'm not talking about weird progressive, like no. with all the funky postmodern ideologies, maybe they have that too, you know, no, uh, every city has different things. But when I say progressive thinking, they're a city that wants to grow and right. create a beautiful community with yes. job opportunities and, and, um, interactive opportunities for the people in their community. And so that city has just blossomed yes. and it's become kind of the epicenter of Wep- of Western Kansas, where people from different areas in Western Kansas go to Garden City to do their shopping mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a college there and things like that. So uh, they live in a beautiful city that I call the jewel on the prairie yes. of Kansas. And God is doing a mighty exciting revival there. So yes, you, yes. if you listen to the elder girls, you have to go check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> I love my peeps in Garden City. <laughs> yes, they're precious, amazing people. And yeah, um, they are. I always tell people, if you drive through Kansas for any reason, you need to stop by the church in Garden City. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be because, That's right. yep, because you will see a beautiful work of the Holy Ghost happening there. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, Amen. And a, a bunch of young people getting saved. Yes. That are, that are, um, that God just knew what he was doing when he put Greg and Marsha Charles there. And sometime maybe Marsha touched on a little bit today and sometime maybe she can share a little bit of Greg's story. Yeah. Even more in depth. She shared a lot of it, but she, there are other things she didn't share that, that Greg did before he served God. And that was, that's his story and their story to tell, but he is the right man to reach people that are coming out from that world of sin because he knows what they, what they've gone through and he knows how to reach them and, and has that empathy from, you know, living that life of sin and being exposed to that before he came to Christ. So I just, I just know without a doubt, they're the right people for that city. And um, I'm, I, it thrills my heart to know what God is doing. Amen. So, yeah. Marcy, we're glad to have you here with Thank us you. tonight. It's been fun. And <laughs> Marcia's going to enjoy. Marcia's going to be joining us some more in the future because what y'all don't know is Marcia goes around the country. She's famous. Oh yeah, and why she goes around the country <laughs> <laughs> and she speaks at ladies' conferences. Yes, <laughs> I'm too old. Like with that. <laughs> You're not old. I can't. <laughs> she is a fountain of wisdom. She's yes, my she favorite, is. one of my favorite teachers. Absolutely. And for all the ladies that requested this podcast, <laughs> that I'm sure many of them that are of the of the group of, of there's about eight to ten ladies that requested this podcast. All of them know Marcia. Yeah. So I know she's had an impact in their life. So <laughs> I'm excited for when we can dig into some conversations with her and she can share her godly wisdom with us. Amen. So, yes. Well, ladies, it's that time. I guess we'll wrap it up for tonight, but I am not editing this. So it's going to be just like it is when it, when we uh, post it. Yes. And um, 
and it's going to be all three elder girls this time, raw and unfiltered. <laughs> Thank you for yes. having me. I love you guys very much. We love you too. Have a good night. You Thank too. You. You love too. you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye.